Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey, 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 guys. This is Dr. Delvina, board-certified psychiatrist in South Florida. And you know what time it is. It's that time again. This is Sunday, Sunday night, and you know a new episode of the Brain Love Podcast drops every Sunday night. And um, if you you follow my podcast, you know that I love this song, Dear Mama by Tupac, man. Because it really illustrates the challenges of black mamas in the black community. And, um, and of course, we could say the same for our black daddies. We have a very difficult history, man. We come from 400 years of slavery, oppression, suppression, discrimination, racism, violence, torture, all of those things. And so one thing that I've studied and noticed is that in black communities, it has been a challenge to have the, quote, American family, close quote. And this goes back centuries and why it's difficult for us to initiate this and know what to do like there's no manual on parenting for any person white black yellow green red whatever but there's so much trauma in the black community man i mean we were raped women during slavery were raped and impregnated and their babies stolen from them whether they were raped or there was consensual uh conception in the community their children were stolen And so, we just had Juneteenth, and we know that Black History Month has been a time to reflect on the progress Black Americans have made, but really, we haven't made that much progress in the last 50 years. When it comes to wealth, which is the paramount paramount indicator of economic security, we've had no progress in the last 50 years. You know, there are studies and, and surveys about finances and according to the Federal Reserve Survey of Consumer Finance, the typical black family has only 10 cents for every dollar held by the typical white family. And so researchers look at that and they say, okay, what's behind this this fact? It's historical, there's racial inequality, and the conception of wealth as a maker of success is something that we continue to struggle with in the black community. Until the end of legal slavery in the United States, enslaved people were considered valuable assets in a form of wealth. Why am I saying all of this? I'm saying all of this because all of these factors have, from generation to generation, I believe, has influenced the making of the black family, and especially mass incarceration. Because all of these things tied into what I'm mentioning, why we still continue to be poor, money poor, wealth poor. Yes, we may be rich in spirit, but financially we're still poor. And it's because a lot of things have worked against us, like the 1866 Homestead Act and how it sought to include blacks specifically in the transfer of public lands to private farmers, but discrimination and poor implementation doomed the policy there are so many things that work against us man and and just 
you know, facts about how whites could use violence to force blacks from their property because of terrorism or white capping. Blacks were ran out of town. We know about Tulsa in 1921, but there's also the race riots that occurred in Memphis. In 1866. So systemically, it destroyed or stole the wealth of black folks and lowered the rate of black innovation. Yes, we're coming back, but there are so many things that we still have to overcome. So I'm mentioning this because I believe parents from certain generations of blacks really. They didn't learn much. They didn't learn about balancing a budget and money and preparing their families for a future and things like life insurance was something that we didn't treasure and and appreciate. And this is not an excuse for our black parents and, and how some of them may have treated some of us. But these these are facts, and I want folks to understand that there's only so much we should hold against our, our parents because they come from a lineage of hatred and abuse. And these types of things have created some of the difficult and challenging personalities that some of us have appreciated in our own parents. We're starting to move away from that, but yet, at least for my generation, babies were still having babies. And I believe that that is at the root of the problem in the black community. Babies having babies and not knowing what to do because they were not prepared. They weren't raised properly, and so they don't know what to do with their own children. So tonight, I'm saying this because tonight you're going to hear from a caller who called in to receive help and how to manage her relationship with her mother. It sounds like her mother has some very challenging personality traits, To the point where if this young lady wasn't full of love and didn't have a good spirit, she probably would never speak to her mother again based on some of the things that have transpired in their relationship. Her mother deprived her of a lot of things, including love and affection as she was growing up. And you'll hear why. And this happens quite commonly where a woman has a child by a man who she does not know or continue to be with. Um, and she may move on to the next relationship and pass that next man on to the child as that child's father. And she later learns in life that, oops, this isn't my daddy. And so we're talking tonight about personality traits and possibly personality disorders and, and parents. So please join me on the couch as this young lady and I discuss her timeline, her childhood, and where she is today as an adult dealing with her mother. Okay. All right. Caller, are you there? I'm here. Thank you for calling in. You said you had a question or a concern regarding a family member. Um, yeah, I have concerns about a family member that um, just acts rational and moody and never know from time to time what's going to happen what's going to go on yeah so just don't know what to do at this point you said this family member acts irrational is unreasonable Mm -hmm. is this a family member who's close to you very close to me um parent oh wow Mm mm-hmm 
Were you raised by this person? I was raised by this person um, after my grandmother passed away. How old were you when your grandmother passed away? Uh, in my early teens, so about maybe 13, 14, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. So prior to your grandmother passing, you lived with your grandmother. Your grandmother raised you until you were 13 slash 14? Mm, kind of, sort of. It's kind of complicated. So um, up until I was three, I did only stay from birth till three. I stayed with my grandmother. Then my mother married um, my, I guess, stepfather. And from there, um, I was back and forth between continents, African America. But most of the time when we were here, it was my grandmother that um, kept us. My mom would be off doing her own thing. And then, you know, mm-hmm. and then um, she would, you know, stop in and visit and spend a couple of days with us maybe, but then back to doing her own thing. And then when she, when my grandmother passed away, then my mom became, my mom and my stepfather became like my sole um, caretaker for me, for me and my sisters. Hmm. So, yeah. What, what do you mean by um, doing her own thing or off doing her thing? What would she, as a, as a young teen or a young child, mm-hmm. what were you perceiving she was doing? What did it seem like um, to you at that time? And when you look back at it now, what do you think she was doing? I don't know because I never knew um, where she was. So she would say she would be working. That's what she told us, that she would be working. And, you know, I, I know she always had good jobs and stuff like that, but um, you don't work all night. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where she was. I don't know. I just know that she would tell us that she would come and, you know, she would call us and say, hey, I'm going to come. And she would come by sometimes. Sometimes she wouldn't make it. And, you know, we'd be waiting for her to come, but she never showed up and, so we'd see her like the next day or something. And, you know, so I don't know. She, she was just out doing her own thing, I guess, just living like a carefree life without kids, basically. And how many kids did she actually have, including you? Uh, it's three of us total. Three so, girls. Okay. Are you the oldest, the youngest, the middle child? I'm the oldest. Okay. Were you responsible for your two younger sisters also? Um, pretty much, yeah. I used to uh, um, do their hair every Sunday for school, um, iron their clothes. Every Sunday one, for school or for church? No, for school, like the next day, Monday, starting school. Oh, school okay. Week. <laughs> Pardon me. Gotcha. <laughs> and then um, during the weekday, um, when my parents were at work, I would be the one who would have to I'd get home first. And um, I had to walk, you know, from school, pick them up and then come home and, and get dinner ready for my parents. Yeah. And what? clean the house. My mom would leave a list on the door of all the things that she expected to have done before she got home. This is when you moved in with her after your grandmother. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you yeah. moved in with your mother at age 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. And how soon after you, you're moving in, did that responsibility begin with you picking up <laughs> your sisters, cooking dinner for her and the husband, cleaning the house? Um, I don't know. 
know, it just seemed like everything happened all at once when I was growing up. So I've always been like um, the big sister who who took care of my little sisters and, you know, did did everything for them um, that within, you know, being a teenager, right. you know? Yeah. Right. Well, I used to wash all the clothes for the entire family, fold, clean the house, clean the kitchen. Um, basically what we call in Nigeria, a house girl. <laughs> yeah. So like a yeah. house girl. Yeah. So, and I, you know, what came to mind for me was Cinderella. Pretty much. That's what I felt like. Did your mother ever tell you I, so during the visits to your grandmother's house, did your mother ever hug you guys and kiss you and say, I love you? Um, yeah, I'm sure she did. I can't remember, but I'm sure she. No, you got to be able to remember that. I'm sure she you don't remember. remember that. No, I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't. Have you asked your sisters if they remember that? Um, no, I never asked them. I think you should ask them. I'll ask them tonight. If they remember getting hugs and kisses from, did you guys call her mama or mommy or mom or what'd you call her? Call the mom. And um, how much older than you is your, is, is, or was your mother? I guess she is still living. Yeah. You said she's, yeah, she's still problematic. Living. Yeah. Very much so. Um, we're about 18 years apart. Hmm. So she was young when she had, me. had her mm -hmm. first child. Yep. And so did your grandmother ever used to talk about anything to you guys regarding your mother? Was she very protective? Oh, your mom's not here. She's at work. Well, how did your mother regard your grandmother regard your mother in that situation? Um, now, mind you, I'm almost 50. So it's been a while since, um, mm. you know, I'm. I don't, I don't know. I, I just know that my grandmother was always there. And I know when she passed away, it felt like my last living relative passed away. And I, and I do recall that I did not, my sisters had already gone to live with my mom and my dad, but um, I did not. I stayed behind and stayed with my grandmother up until um, the day that, pretty much the day that she passed. So um, she was in the hospital and up and, and I, I remember that on the day that she passed, I was still at her house. So, um, I don't know. That was, I just felt like that was it for me. <laughs> My long, sisters. Huh? Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No. Just wanted to know how long your sisters moved into the home with your mother ahead of you. I don't remember because I was young then. So, um. I don't know, way before I did. I know that for a fact. Were they cooking and cleaning and they were too beds? young. They, they couldn't, they couldn't do all that. They were, they're younger than me. One is they're five and 10 years apart from me. So mm. no. Wow. They couldn't, they couldn't do that. So your mother allowed you to stay with the grandmother. Mm -hmm. with grandmother. How old was your grandmother when she passed away? By the way, she seems like she would have been young. Pretty much. Um, I don't know the exact age, but I don't I don't know if she was in her late 50s or early. She was like in between her late 50s and early 60s. She passed away from cancer. Because mm, let's see, you were four. When did she pass away? When you were 13, 14? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So your mom was in her early 30s. 
Um, because your mother is your mother's 18, 18 mother, years 18, older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but my grandmother had my mom late, so she was already an older woman, like already in her like in her forties when she had my mom. Okay. So. Yeah, so my grandmother was a little bit older, probably like, I don't know, maybe maybe even her 60s, early, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can't recall the exact, the exact date, but yeah. Do you and your sisters have the same father? No. How many um, fathers between the three of you? Two. So the two youngest have the same. Mm-hmm. Is, was that the stepfather? Mm-hmm. Okay, so they are his children. Mm-hmm. What happened to your stepfather? He's still alive, and I still speak with him. And um, I didn't know he was my stepfather until I turned about maybe 15, 16. Oh, so you thought he was your your father. Mm-hmm. And um, because I didn't know my father, I, I don't know my father. I've never met him, my mom doesn't know him <laughs> it's complicated mm-hmm. and um and when I look at my birth certificate my stepfather's name is actually on my birth certificate even though he's not my biological father so is he still with your mother no they are not together when how old were you when they separated if you can recall I was probably like 20 something like 20 21 why do, what do you think led to the separation my mom's erratic behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was um she was using uh alcohol and possibly drugs and stuff. She said after her mother passed away, um from from the time her mom passed away until we got like older, I guess she couldn't handle it. That's what that was what she told us, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And, and that was one of the questions I was reserving for you is whether or not your mother was using drugs when you were younger that you're mm-hmm. aware of. Anyhow. I wasn't aware of. I knew she I knew she had an alcohol problem. She was a, a drop down drunk. I know that for a fact, the alcoholic. But as far as drugs, I didn't find out till later on that um, she used drugs. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, your grandmother was protecting you all from mm-hmm. from that lifestyle. Yeah. So you're at the house, you're Cinderella or your house girl, as you called mm-hmm. it, <laughs> cooking dinner every day for everybody. Mm-hmm. What were you cooking, by the way? Um, I can make spaghetti. I can make rice and chili, you know, just simple stuff that kids make. Um, I can make, I learned how to make potato chips, french fries, hot dogs cook them on the grill instead of you know boiling them just anything to like spice up the food you were cooking on the grill like when I say grill I mean on the stove you know we had a we had a oh. fire a fire stove so you know just put okay. the skillet down and cook you know stuff like that yeah gotcha I was about to say wow they had you outside <laughs> on the grill no 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 <laughs> <laughs> like damn <laughs> <laughs> I know. (laughs) So did you continue to work that way, going to school, picking up the sisters, dropping them off at school, cooking and cleaning Mm -hmm. and washing everybody's clothes, funky clothes? Mm -hmm. You did that until you graduated high school? 
Mm -hmm. And then I went away to school. Yep. I went away. Were, were you happy to get away? I was. It was different. It was like freedom. <laughs> it was wow. like freedom. Yeah. Did they try to prevent you from going? Did your mom try to dissuade you or discourage you from going? No, no, they didn't. Okay. They didn't. Well, that's good. But, yeah. Uh-huh. They didn't. And were your sisters like, no, don't leave us? No, because um, they got treated differently. Remember? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They knew, they, they didn't know at the time until I turned like 16, 15, 16, that we all had, we all thought we had the same dad. But after they found out, they teased me a little bit, you know, until I guess they, it, mm. it sunk in that, you know, that's hurtful to say that, you know, right. that's not your daddy, that's our dad, you know, stuff like that. But they were younger. So, you know, I get it now. But yeah. back then it was, it was hurtful. But now we don't, we don't, I don't care about all that because, you know, my dad has never, well, I'll, I'll put it like this. Um, I won't say he has never treated me differently. He did used to treat me differently, but I just didn't know why, you know, because I would get the most severe punishments out of all the kids, you know, but um, I just. You thought it was sister, because you were older. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know the difference until after the fact. I remember before, right before my grandmother passed away, I remember crying and telling her that my dad wouldn't beat me the way he did if I was his real child, that he couldn't be my father the way he beat me. And my grandma got scared and told my mom what I said. And that's when, you know, I guess it was eating my mom away. And then she finally, you know, when I, when my grandmother passed, she finally told me that, yeah, you were right. That's not your real dad because um, probably my grandma probably told her to tell, tell me. Yeah. Wow. So you said you beat me so badly. You can't be my dad. Yeah. I told my grandmother that I said, there's no way he could be my real father because the way he beats me is, is not like how you would be the child of your own that you love. And yeah. I don't know why I said that. I just, I was a little girl and I just, I just didn't feel like that in my heart. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So what was your relationship like with your mother living in the house when you were in high school? Was it good overall? Was she loving? Did she show lots of love to you and the sisters? Did she withhold on affection? What was it like? Um, okay, from what I remember, I never really, I never really had a lot of friends that I would have over to the house because, you know, she would always be um, intoxicated and, and that would be embarrassing for me to have people outside knowing that my mom is drunk mm -hmm. and and she's the type that'll embarrass you and she used to tell all her friends all kind of you know things about me that weren't true that I was the meanest person I'm this and that I'm that and her friends would look at me differently you know and, and treat me like like I was the worst child in the world and I used to be like to now I don't even care what her friends think I don't I, I don't even respect them or her I don't care you know, but um, I know she used to read my diary. She tore out the pages where I where I wrote some things that you know about her because of how she treated me. Um, she used to open my mail and read it. I mean, she kicked, she kicked down the door to my room and told me I can't close the door. You know, I guess just 
I guess some people go through stuff like that. I don't know, but I just know that um, what I did was I would listen to music and keep to myself and um, to, to, to cope. You know what I mean? I would write in my, my journal, which I still do to this day. And I would um, listen to music and just try to like not make a lot of noise or not do, you know, cause any yeah. conflict in the house, you know, or cause any situations to happen in the house. Yeah. So you were just being low key, I guess. Right. Exactly. Staying in my room all to myself, mm-hmm. listen to my music, writing my diary, but um, she, she read my diary and ripped, ripped some of the pages out because she didn't like what I wrote. I want you to tell us what you wrote when we come back. We're going to take a short break and come back. It sounds like okay. you're actually being abused emotionally, verbally, physically. Mm. Or you can say he beat you so badly that you didn't feel love. You just didn't believe someone would beat their own child that badly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you endured abuse growing up. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. These days, it's harder than ever to stand out from the crowd, and it's even harder to get paid for the work you put online. Luckily, there's a new way to put your work out into the world. It's called Discovered. Discovered is a new digital platform and social network where creatives share their projects to new audiences and earn more money from their work than any other platform. Ready to get out there? Visit discover.tv today. All right, we're back, guys. Um, so, ma'am, you, you know, you're disclosing some some personal information here, and I know it's helping someone else who's listening. It's helping someone who was raised in a household where they didn't feel loved or where they were neglected or abused um, or raised by a step parent who neglected and abused them along with their biological parent. Sounds like your your biological mother, because of the hatred or the dislike for your father, your biological father, she was taking that out on you. You mentioned right before the break that your mother removed some pages from your diary. Do you remember what you wrote on those pages? Um, probably that I hated my mom. I hated, I hated my mom. I hate my dad. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't like them because I felt like they were kind of mean to me, honestly. They were very mean to you. They were very, mm-hmm. you're correct. And she didn't, she didn't want to see it in writing, I guess. And it sounds so like, to me, the yeah. And it sounds like to me, she tried to isolate you. She didn't want anyone to like you. You said that she told her friends mm-hmm. things about you. She mm-hmm. told them lies about you, misrepresented information about mm-hmm. you. You even know. even to the fact that as an adult into my 30s and 40s, she even came out to my job and and said the same thing to my coworkers and some of the managers, which in turn made them turn against me and terminate me for a year. And I told her prior to going to the job that, you know, don't come out here, don't say anything, don't don't do stuff like that. And she, she did it anyway. And then after the fact, she was like, I'm sorry, I didn't think that, you know, your bosses would do something like that to you. And I said, well, I told you before you came out there. So you didn't believe me. <laughs> what did she go to your job and say? 
Bella, oops, Bella is mean to me. <laughs> um, yeah, that I was mean to her, and I, you know, I, I'm just mean, and I, I'm, I don't listen to her, or, you know, um, mm-hmm. just basically all negative things, whatever, you know, whatever. I, I, I cannot believe your mother went to your place of employment mm-hmm. and complained about you to your supervisor. Mm-hmm. Your coworkers to anyone who would listen to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesus, and I and and I believe that because of that, I got terminated for a year. My goodness, is your mom still abusing alcohol and/or drugs? Um, not to my knowledge, no. So, what's the relationship like present day or during the last? You said you're in your your fifties, your early fifties. What has the relation? Okay. What has the relationship been like during, let's say, the last, during this last year, during the pandemic? What was that like, dealing with her? Well, um, we live in close proximity, proximity to each other, and um, she doesn't have a lot of friends. Of course and, not. Yeah, she doesn't have a lot of friends, and and I know this, and my sisters know this, but I'm the one who lives the closest to her, so. Um, what I did was I tried to um, just start anew and say, okay, she's older, she's by herself. Let me take her walking with me to the park or let me go to the pool with her and and things like that. But then even in doing so, um, she just has like a really negative outlook on things in life. And I, I, start, like, I start my day off happy. Um, when I wake up, I wake up with joy and I wake up with a song or, you know, something upbeat, you know, and then she'll call me and then it'll just like turn everything around. And I'm like, it's so negative, bring like a negative energy around for no apparent reason. I'm like, what, why are you like this? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's hard. And I tried to like overlook things and let things go and and you know because she's my mom I try to you know just say well you know she's my mom I love her okay but it's been hard for me now I'm not even speaking to her because you know I just feel like she does not respect me and um I just feel like she doesn't um yeah I I just don't I don't know I don't know what it is but I can't be bothered and I have to I have to try to maintain my peace and my sanity and and possibly not even be put in jail for being angry you know what I mean so I just I left her alone for like the last week and a half two weeks because I just can't do it anymore what I find intriguing is that she treated you the worst out of you and your sisters but you live the closest Mm-hmm. And I tell her this all the time. I told her this last week. I said, you know, um, I'm the one who lives close to you. I'm the one that takes you everywhere and does a lot of stuff with you. But you you treat me like I'm nothing. And I said, you'll find out when I leave you alone how it really is and what, what really is going on. Your, your two kids that, you know, you feel like it's the cat's meow. They don't, they don't really bother or mess with you. They don't come and visit you. They don't cook for you. Like if I cook, I cook enough for me and her. 
or, you know, if I go somewhere, I'll ask her if she wants something to eat or I'll be like, hey, you want to ride with me or, you know, you want to go walking with me in the morning or, you know, just to get her out so that she's not home alone all day, which in the last two weeks, she hasn't, my sisters have come to visit her like maybe twice. Meanwhile, if it was me, she would be over here or, over, or going with me everywhere. But because she treats me so nasty and when she does things, she doesn't even apologize. She'll just, mm. you know, just be like, well, I did this because always a justification for the, for the um, mean spirited things that she does or says to me, never, I'm sorry for what I did to you, you know, never, I'm sorry, ever. No accountability, never get huh? No. no. Wow. Now no. you said your sisters have visited with her two times, two times in the last two weeks or two times during the pandemic? Um, during the pandemic um we they would come well one of them lived in california so she couldn't come but now that she's here um she'll try and spend like an hour or two with my mom every, like once or twice a week but even she says it's difficult because you know it's always a complaint or always something um whereas every day i would see my mom and my and my baby sister lives uh further north in the same city maybe 30 minutes away she won't even come down, but once a week on a Sunday, maybe. And how much time does she spend with your mother? Um, not that much. She'll go in maybe 30 minutes to an hour and then Dang, she'll come over to 30 my place. Minutes, 30 minutes to yeah. an hour. Yeah. Whoa. And then she would come over to my place and hang out. Yeah. Have you been around your sisters when they're there with your mother? What's the, Mm-mm. what's the Mm-mm. atmosphere and the environment like? I, no, I, no, I don't. No, I can't. <laughs> I can't. They Why even not? went somewhere. I just, I don't like being around them all together like that. I just, I'd rather not. Does um, your mom target you? And is she more negative towards you when it's the three, the four of you together? Um, I would, I'll give you an example. When my sister first flew in from California, the next day I wanted to go and, and I wanted to go and get something. They all my sister and my mom, the one from California, they all wanted to ride with me. And I was like, okay, let's go. When we got in the car, um, my sister immediately said she wanted coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to stop and get her coffee. Oh, you need to do this. And I'm like, who the hell is she? Mm-hmm. Like, she can wait just like everybody else. Like, it's, it, it's everything for everyone else you know oh she doesn't like that radio station change it oh I don't you know I'm like caters to them which is you know hey whatever Mm -mm. I can't be around all of them at the same time they went somewhere Sunday and wanted me to go I told them no I'm first of all I don't want to be anywhere with her and I don't want to go into Miami so no I'm, I'm not doing it I didn't go and then I got a message saying, oh, the night would have been complete if you were there. Everybody was asking for you. I don't care about who's asking for me because you probably already told them some lies anyway. So mm. who sent that message? Your mother? Mm-hmm. Still no, I'm sorry for how I treated you last week. Yeah. Do you, do you <laughs> mind sharing what happened last week? Um, sure. So... I told her I was going to see a doctor and she was like, Oh, I'll ride with you. And I was like, mm, I don't really need anybody to go. She's like, no, I, I want to ride. I want to get out. 
I said, okay, but I got to make some errands. I got to run some errands too while I'm out. So if you don't mind being out with me, let's go. So get dressed, get in the car, get to the, the place. Now driving back to the other errands, um, she was upset that we had to go further than where we were going. So now coming back home, I'm dry. I'm driving back home now. And, um, we were coming through an intersection where we almost had an accident, but we did not have an accident. So almost, but no cigar. All right. And then she started screaming like, oh, and I'm like, well, and I'm driving. So I'm like, what, what happened? She goes, you almost had an accident there about a month ago. And it just makes me nervous when you drive through this intersection. Uh, and I, I, I just can't, you know, and I'm like, so are you going to have this reaction every time I come through this intersection? Because we've been through like, a hundred intersections between there and here and nothing was a problem until we got here. She was like, well, I just had a, re a flashback to when you almost hit that car. I said, I didn't almost hit that car. That car ran through the light and almost hit us. So let's, let's get the narrative right. I didn't, I didn't almost hit a car. That car almost hit us. So she was like, well, I have uh, PTSD about that and I have anxiety about that. And, you know, I think you should take your time coming through the intersection. I'm like, okay, fine, forget it. You know, like, I just don't feel like you should, you know, be going through that and nothing ever happened. I think you're making a big deal out of nothing. So, you know, like, you don't have to ride with me. You, you volunteered to come. I didn't beg you to come. I didn't ask you to come. You wanted to go with me. So we're going back and forth about it. She turns the radio up on me. Like, I don't want to hear anything you have to say. So I turned the radio down. We're going back and forth with that. So I turned the radio off. So then she um, hit my hand and then she turned off the keys to the car and then I turned it back on and then she made a noise and I work in transportation and anybody knows about air brakes and stuff like that. Um, if you hear a particular sound, which is the sounds of the air brake releasing, you can hear it on the city bus, you can hear it on, on semi trucks, you can hear it on trains, whatever. Um, it's like, that means the air is, is releasing and the brakes are applying. So anyway, um, she made that sound. And that sound is very triggering for me because in the line of work that I have, that sound indicates that we're about to um, make impact with an object or a person or, or something. And nine times out of 10, it, it ends up in a fatality. So I was just shocked that she would even, you know, compare us going through an intersection with nothing ever happening to a sound that could trigger me um, and bring back like negative memories and, and, and sound, a sound that would take me back to people actually dying um, mm. to me just because she's upset at how I'm going through an intersection with no impact. So... Um, we got into like a little tussle where she was trying to like take the key out and, and hit my arm and stuff like that. And I'm thinking like, you know, this is my mom. Now, if it had been anybody else, I probably would have knocked them upside the head because first of all, I'm driving. Don't play with me when I'm driving. You know, it's serious business. We got people in front and people behind me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just like unnecessary um, drama just because we're going through an intersection we've been through hundreds of intersections up until this point come on it's not like something happened every time we go through this intersection that was one isolated 
um, almost incident, almost mm -hmm. doesn't count. So that was that. So since then, I, I just thought back to like, you know, okay, so you're, you're scared that we're going through the intersection, but you know for a fact what you was doing when you made that sound. You knew for a fact that you tried to trigger me. And as my parent and somebody who I've confided in and, and told you how that sound, you know, makes me feel on the inside, I feel like every time I hear it, I cringe or, you know, I tighten up. Why would you do that to me, especially while I'm driving your vehicle? Yeah. You know, what if I would have had an episode and, and completely lost it? Then, then we would have been in real trouble. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. then That's we would have been in real trouble why would you yeah why would you do that so it led me to believe that she's very vindictive and and evil spirited towards me because yeah. she doesn't do that to my sisters she doesn't treat them that way have you ever talked to her about your father your biological father have you ever pushed her for information absolutely she says she doesn't know him and so do you ask her, have you ever asked her, do you hate me because you don't know my father? Because he, you know, how did he, how did they separate? How did he leave? Did he leave? She doesn't know he him. Well, doesn't, she had she sex she with him. But she okay, had, maybe, maybe she was drunk, high. I don't know. Maybe something happened. Maybe it was, maybe she uh -oh. got raped. So she, I don't know. she really doesn't know. She claims she doesn't know. She really doesn't know. You think she really doesn't know, or do you think that's she's misrepresenting? She knows, but she's I think she really doesn't or... know. Gotcha. No, I think she really doesn't know. So have you asked her, do you hate me because you don't know who you conceived your child with? You don't no, know. I never her asked her. Is? Never asked her. She had me do a DNA test for a man that she claimed was my father all these years. And when it came back, it wasn't. It's, I told her, I said, I'll take this test, but if it comes back that he's not, I don't want to hear anything else about it because you're begging me to do something that I've already like made peace with and that I will mm -hmm. never know who my actually mm -hmm. father is. I've made peace with that. But now you're reopening the wound and making me take this test. Now, if it's not him, you're going to feel bad. And she was like, I, I know for a fact it's him and that, 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 that. And when I took the test and it came back, she was crying worse than I was. I didn't even cry. She cried. How and I'm thinking like, how old were you? Um, probably like 40. Okay. So in your forties. Okay. That, yeah. That was like 42. Um, that's about 40, 42. And listen, I asked ago. about, I asked about, um, I asked you those questions, not to open a wound for you, but just to kind of have that dialogue with your mother to get to the bottom of why she detests you so much to see if you can get she, an understanding for that. But she'll tell me that she doesn't. She'll tell me, oh, I love you. I made a decision to have you. And in reality, it's like, yeah. what, are you, what are you really going through, lady? Like, what's the issue? So what do but you she think said she really doesn't know. Huh? What, do you, what do you think is wrong with your mother? I believe there is some jealousy and envy <laughs> i do mm -hmm. and i don't know i just feel like she is a negative some people just have negative spirits about them and i believe that she has a negative spirit about her and she she talks down to people 
and it doesn't matter. And service people, um, she feels like she's better than everybody, you know? Wow. So, Have yeah. you ever read about personality disorders? Um, no, I haven't read about it. But I've heard about it, but I've never, ne never read about it. Yeah, potentially. You know, it, it definitely sounds like she has maladaptive personality traits. She has um, her way of thinking and how she feels and behaves, at least with you. Um, it's just, it's so negative, um, as you said. And also, it must be the same way with your sisters as well, because they don't want to be around her either. Mm -hmm. And it causes distress, it sounds like, and, and um, dysfunction in the family, especially over time. And that's what I hear from you in describing the dynamics of your family. I mean, even her husband, the father of the two, your two sisters, he couldn't stand to stay with her. Now, mind you, I don't mm -hmm. know all the details of the marriage and things like that, but you already said you thought it was because of the negativity. Right. She, she has done a lot to my, um, to my dad. She, like when he came back from Africa and he was in the hospital, she went, she went and stole his jewelry and stuff, his family, like the family jewelry and, and yeah. And money. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that was recently, like in the last like five to seven years. Yeah. And allow me to say that sometimes people, there are different personality disorders and sometimes there's a mix Sometimes people can have traits of two and three different disorder types of disorders. So stealing the family's jewelry from mm -hmm. a, the, you know, a place like Africa mm -hmm. and selling it. You said she stole it and sold it. I mean, stole it and sold it. Yeah. Well, I don't know if she stole it and sold it, but I know she, she definitely um, took my dad's jewelry out of his briefcase. Without um, his so, permission. So, right. Oh yeah. Cause when he, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and she he told me she said she felt like he owed it to her so yeah told and I was stuck on like his mom yeah oh she's a yeah my mom's a thief yeah for sure <laughs> total sure. disregard yeah not even I'm sorry for what I did or whatever were they still together at the time no not together but you know at, my dad tried to let things go and um make peace but listen they they have their own like tumultuous relationship you know with whatever they went through in their lives and I don't know I just I just try to stay out of it mm -hmm. I don't know it's just that um my dad's not perfect either um like I said he used to beat me and I remember one time I asked him, I asked him for something and he told me, no, ask your mom. So, I mean, but then now as an adult, he relies on me being the oldest for a lot of stuff. <laughs> Sounds like they all do. Yeah. What's um something do you, I think I remember in your DM, you mentioned like a magic word or acronym that you use. For your mother to let her know she's gone too far or she's getting on your nerves or irritating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I give her a look. I give her a look when, she, when she's really getting on my nerves. And I told her, when I give you this look, just know that in my mind, I'm telling you to, and it's graphic, 
<laughs> But does she listen? She listens. Yeah. Yeah. When I tell her that, because my mom knows that once I get activated and that anger comes in me, I cannot build it back for her. So it's best that you shut your ass up and leave me alone and we'll be fine. Let me, let me cool down. Mm -hmm. She knows when you're at that point. Yeah. Because I'll tell her, I'll say, you about to activate me. So go ahead and just shut your ass up. Let (laughs) let it go. Whatever it is, whatever it is, you better let it go. S-Y-A-U. Well, I just want to applaud you for um, your patience and your kindness and your wisdom and your love and for still loving your family, although you were mistreated and continue to be mistreated. I think um, it's hard, but, you know, that's all I have now is my family. I don't have I don't have a husband and I don't have any kids right now. So. What would I do without my family? Yeah. And you know, everyone's not all bad, um, just as they're not all good. So, right. and and we can't control the hand that we've been dealt. Um, and I believe people who have been tortured and mistreated and you weren't tortured, but I'm sure at sometimes it felt emotionally intensely distressing for you growing up. Oh yeah. As a child, Absolutely to be sat in a corner all day and told not to move or to be locked in the bathroom. That is torture. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know about being locked in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh yeah. Well, I know the higher power has something better for you on the other side when it's time. Well, I want it here. And now I was going to have it here now. <laughs> I want it here and I, now. And, and I, you just took the words right out of my mouth. I was about to say, and actually it may even happen here on this side. So you continue, you know, loving and being the lovable you. And um, sometimes people, I don't want to say don't have any control, but they have little control. Um, And it's hard to say why they choose not to take control over their life and redirect their thinking and be different. And but sometimes people are not able to recognize and acknowledge that people don't like them or that they rub people the wrong way or that their way of thinking and feeling and behaving, that it deviates from the rest of the culture, mm-hmm. from our community, from our society. So there are people who are oblivious to that. And your mother sounds like she's one of those people. I agree. I and agree. This, and that's why she doesn't have a lot of friends and, you know, she's exactly, lonely. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. People with personality disorders do not have a lot of friends. Their circle is weak. And without treatment, personality disorders can be long-lasting. But you continue to love her, continue to to be there for her. Don't allow her to make you a nasty person like she is. No, never. The way way I'm set up, um, I'm set up for love and... um, I try to help people and I'm not going to let anybody stop me from being that person. Um, I, I can, I can separate myself, which I have done. Like I said, I, I left her alone and, you know, I let her 
have some time to think. I, I may, I may go and talk to her about how I feel. I don't know where it's going to get with that because I don't want to be holding on to anger for her. I mean, I don't know how exactly. much time she has on the earth. I don't know how much time I have on the earth, but you know, um, but I need her to understand that this is it. And, you know, either you um, try to find a way to communicate with me better, or I can just leave you alone forever. Right. You know, yeah. I can just leave you alone forever because um, I'm not built for taking abuse at this age, not close to 50. Maybe when I was younger, I didn't know any better, but now that I'm almost over the hill, no, nah, baby, the downward slope, I needed to be good. I need to be great. Yeah. Hopefully you can whip her into shape. Yeah, if not, then, you know, that's on her because I, I mean, I, if you know me, you know that I don't purposely seek out to hurt people or um, say mean things. I, I think about what I say before I say it because I don't want to have regret about hurting someone, um, you know, purposely. Now, if you come for me, that's different. I am from Miami, which is not part of Florida. <laughs> it is a county. And, <laughs> and it's in me to be that person. However, I, I work hard at being, you know, real laid back and chill and not just, you know, attacking people. Yeah. And the one thing I want to say about our parents, meaning the our parents in our communities in the black and brown community, the communities of people of color. No, we're a people who come from 400 years of devastation, trauma. Yes, Mm ma'am. And um, and there are so many things we were not taught. We were stolen and brought here. Um, I could go on and on about Mm -hmm. the ways that the United States tried to, um, did suppress us, did suppress us and tried to, tried to kill us, tried to eliminate us and eliminate us. Yeah. In so many different ways, indirectly, directly, and not to make an excuse for your mother, but she comes from a generation of people who are, you know, just a couple of generations removed from slavery. Right. Right. And so, you know what they say? They say that God takes care of fools, babies, and old people, right? So you decide which category your mother falls in, and it'll help you to dismiss a lot of her behaviors and the things that she says and the things that she tries to do to you. But the one thing I always tell tell people is this, when you're in the life or someone's in your life who has a glaring personality disorder, or as you said, is a nasty, negative person, you got to spend less time with them. Right. You got to limit the amount of time you engage with them and you hang out with them because there will always be something they do to piss you the F off. Right. So you got to look out too for your own mental health and wellness. Right. Right. You can't I mean, be testing yourself because you are human and we get hurt and we, you know, people can upset us. Besides the anger, there's also the hurt that can come as a result of the things that people say or do to us. This is true. And that's what I don't want. I don't want to be. I don't want I don't want what my mom has done to me, turn me into um, a, a bitter, mean person, you know. And I don't want to put that energy out towards anyone. So um, 
I work at being, I mean, I work at being nice to people. It, it's Sometimes it's a struggle because the dark side is inside of me, you know, <laughs> it's inside of all of us. Yeah. yeah. And, but I, I choose to be understanding. Yeah. But it sometimes it's not easy. And sometimes it, it wants to come out and be like, you know what? Yeah. You my mama, but in the same breath, I'm a grown woman. I have to tell her I'm a grown woman at this point. You can't baby me. You can't police me. You can't oh, tell thought, me what to think. I like, thought you were going to say I'm a grown woman, but I'll beat you down. Okay. I don't want to beat my better. mom down. I mean, I <laughs> right? will. That's better if what she, she said. She, yeah, I will. I will knock her ass down. I ain't going to lie. If she, if she hit me like the other day when she tried to hit my hand, I gave her the look. Hey, hey. Mm-hmm. You better, I said, this is not it for you, baby. I said, now you better stop because, first of all, I'm not going to let nobody kick my arse. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And, um, like, and it was got- just a joke. It was a joke. We would never beat our parents or parent down. We're no, going to have no, patience no. And, and, you know, and just deal with them away. the best that we can. Yep. And walk away. I could just walk away like I did the other day. I just walked away because, you know, she tried to hit me with a walker and <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, I was like, lady, I promise you, this is not what you want. Tried to hit you with her walker. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Mama got mm-hmm. anger problems. I hope you mm-hmm. have you introduced her to mental health and wellness and mental health treatment and talking to a therapist. And absolutely. It sounds like she may have her own history of trauma. You know, there's probably a lot of things that may have happened in her timeline, which could be why she was self-medicating with alcohol and drugs. I'm sure. Yep. I told her to seek uh seek therapy and i'm sure she does um in fact everybody except my baby sister does and i, I believe she may benefit from it too but to convince her right now is it's hard when you're young and you don't feel like you need it but um me and my middle sister we both go we we are actively in therapy and i think my mom may be in therapy now i don't i'm not really certain she says that she is but um i told her yeah she needs to get a therapist and um yeah mm-hmm. I believe in it. It helps. Yeah. Okay. All right. On that note, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you for calling in. I hope um, I was able to help you and and how to proceed in your relationship with your mother. Absolutely. Thank you for calling in and continue to listen to the podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. So guys, thank you for joining me on the couch yet again for another episode of the Brain Love Podcast. You know, every Sunday night I drop a new episode, 8 o'clock p.m. If you ever want to call in and discuss the situation, please DM me on Instagram. I'm Dr. Delvina. That's D-R-D as in Delta, E-L-V as in Victor, E-N-A. You can also send me a message on Facebook. Same thing, Dr. Delvina, D-R period on Facebook, D-R period space Delvina, D as in Delta, E-L-V as in Victor, E-N-A. And you can also email me at info, I-N-F-O, at drdelvina.help. That's info, I-N-F-O, at D-R-D-E-L-V as in Victor, E-N-A, dot H-E-L-P. And hey, tomorrow night, I will be on with Dr. Melissa Clark on Sirius XM Radio, as well as live on Facebook and Instagram discussing depression 
and black men. I hope you guys can tune in and listen to this interview. Dr. Melissa Clark is uh, an ER physician up in, I believe she's in the DMV area in DC, Maryland, Virginia area. And um, tomorrow the show is called, excuse me, doctor. It's with Dr. Melissa Clark. And we are discussing black men and depression. It will be on YouTube, Facebook live, and it's on blackdoctor.org and XM 141, which is her black voices, H-U-R, black voices. We're live streaming Monday night at 9 p.m. So check us out if you can, man. And um, continue to tune in every Sunday night on the Brain Love Podcast. If you're not a subscriber yet, I hope I have flipped you. I hope I've converted you to a subscriber. Say Brain Love. It's the end of an episode. Thank you guys for joining me on my couch. It's been a pleasure. It's Dr. Delvina. Remember, every day you must have brain love. Balance. You can't have all work and no play, and you can't have all play and no work. Reframe. Reframe your negative thinking. Think positively. Avoid negative people. Inside, everything you need It's inside of you. Look inside yourself. Needs. Know your needs. Your needs come first, not everyone else's. Limitations. Limit your expectations of yourself. Ownership. Own your mistakes. Learn from them and move on. Vengeance is not yours. It's the Lord's. Express yourself. Every day, meaningful communication. Don't go to bed angry. And that's been my show, guys. Brain love.